My name is Corey Burris, and I have the honor of working for the Georgia Center for Opportunity, where we live by the motto, not for self, but for others. Every day, I get to talk with people breaking through serving their communities. These are nonprofit leaders, local volunteers, and businesses. This is the Breakthrough Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Velva Dorsey and Darcy Terry. Their work within the Chattahoochee Valley Poverty Reduction Coalition is addressing poverty and identifying systemic failures while gathering community organizations and resources to combat the problem. I'm very happy to have with me uh, Belva Dorsey of the Enrichment Services Program and Darcy Terrace of CQIU. Uh, Both of these wonderful women are part of the Chattahoochee Valley Poverty Reduction Coalition, um, something that we are doing with Hiring While Doing Good in uh, the Columbus, Georgia area. So thank you both for being on and, and being able to speak with me today about what you are working on and working towards. Um, but thank you. I want to hear a little bit about both of your organizations. Um, we'll start with you, Belvo. Tell me a little bit about what the Enrichment Services Program is all about. Well, thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to share information about the Poverty Reduction Coalition. Um, I'm with Enrichment Services Program, and we're a community action agency that was created to address the causes and conditions of poverty. And so our organization is a part of a nationwide network of other community action agencies. We serve nine counties, eight counties in Georgia, and Russell County, one county in Alabama. Um, Our services can fit into four different categories. So we offer early childhood education, employment training, we offer stabilizing services, and family strengthening services. So that's Enrichment Services Program in a nutshell. That's great. And Darcy, uh, tell us a little about CQIU. CQIU um, was formed by myself and my partner, Nishita Morris. And our focus is on strengthening and building resilient organizations, specifically organizations that provide public health and social services. Um, So we're working primarily with nonprofit and public agencies. And our focus comes in with um, a two-pronged approach. One is bringing um, continuous quality improvement methodology a way of making sure that uh, nonprofits with limited resources can work smarter, not harder, and uh, be as efficient as possible with their resources. We also really strongly um, feel that uh, we have a mission to serve those who serve others, uh, recognizing the often very stressful uh, environments and contexts that they work within. We want to make sure that we're also addressing worksite wellness and work-life, uh, work-life balance. Um, and that's also part of building a, a resilient organization is making sure that those who are providing those services are taken care of. And I think that's become very obvious uh, in our current situation where we're really looking at frontline um, responders and how important they are. What we're not thinking about are those frontline responders uh, at the social service level. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, now, you both are part of this Chattahoochee Valley Poverty Reduction Coalition. Um, what, what inspired you to become part of it? What was kind of that attractive point of saying, hey, we need to come together on and, and deal with this collectively versus kind of on our own? There were several conversations that were taking place um, in our community, in the local Chattahoochee Valley community. Um, 
we, Enrichment Services, hosted an on-the-table conversation. And during that conversation, you know, you bring together different pre people from the community to talk about what some of the needs are. And what we heard from some of our customers was the need for more coordinated services to exist because many of our customers are being served by multiple organizations, but they're having to go from place to place to place. And then with some of the community stakeholders, they said you know, that there was a need for more coordinated efforts in order for us to really see a reduction in poverty. And so that was taking place locally. And then with Circles USA and CQIU, there were conversations. And so the three organizations, Enrichment Services Program, Circles USA and CQIU, were connected with each other and decided that um, we should partner with each other to create what was, what's called a poverty reduction lab. And so we felt like, you know, it was really time for us to explore ways to create more of a poverty management system or poverty um, reduction system versus a um, poverty management system. Um, since then, we've changed our name to Poverty Reduction Coalition, but that's kind of where it started. Darcy, anything that you want to add to that? Well, I mean, there was that fateful meeting uh, in a hotel in Las Vegas. That's actually where Belva and I first met. Um, we wanted to connect around an opportunity through the State of Hope initiative from Georgia Division of Family and Children's Services. And uh, Belva, very busy schedule, just happened to be coming to a conference out uh, in Las Vegas. And uh, I drove up from Phoenix with an O, as I always like to say. Um, and uh, I think that was really a great meeting of the minds and we were really able to flesh out from there where we wanted to go. So uh, Darcy, you mentioned that uh, the current uh, pandemic is clearly having an effect on the need around us, but also the response. How, how are you both uh, adjusting or uh, seeing the need kind of increase and and maybe even changing the way that you're approaching uh, during uh, approaching the situation during this time. So we have been operating. Um, we usually have meetings in person, but we've been operating over Zoom. So we've been conducting business, um, including our monthly meetings as well as uh, meetings that happen throughout the month. We always have a wellness focus in all of our meetings. So every month that goes out to um, everyone within the coalition. Um, and we um, strongly encourage that that information go out to staff and even clients being served by um, those organizations. Those wellness moments have been really focused on managing stress, specifically during this time period. Um, I know the, the um, what do you call it, the newsletter that just went out for June is focusing on gardening and how gardening can be used for stress reduction. Um, and I think that's primarily what we've been working on. I know that we're also supporting ESP with um, some wellness webinars and potential wellness um, kind of coffee hours with staff. Um, we've seen this before in that we once held a 
coalition meeting um, just a few days after tornadoes um, hit the nearby Alabama area. And a lot of what we can do is to um, help people process and reframe what's going on. And so we do end up devoting quite a bit of our time to talking through what COVID means for our organizations. Um, we talked this just last meeting last Friday about how organizations were adapting um, as Georgia is opening up. And we've been talking, uh, so um, Goodwill Industries, um, I think is probably the first of our partner organizations that's opened up. And, you know, we've been able to get direct feedback from, um, from Goodwill about, you know, how the, what this has meant for staff, both staff that um, cannot go back to work because of concerns for themselves or perhaps people that they are staying at home with um, who are at increased risk, um, as well as, you know, de-escalation training and dealing with um, everything that goes around opening up at this time. We are seeing um, an increase in the number of people requesting food. So we partner with the food bank. And um, through that partnership, commodities or food boxes are distributed on a monthly basis. So again, we're seeing an increase there. And we are having to adapt how we're serving and interacting with our customers. So with our early childhood services, they, you know, we had to close our centers back in March um, because of the, the governor's order. And so we had to, our teaching staff, um, interacted with some of the children virtually. We also um, had staff who prepared learning packets to distribute to children and families. We've also had to distribute supplies, necessary supplies like diapers or formula or wipes um, and food to parents through a drive-through style. And with some of our um, services, um, the intake part of those services, we've had to complete that over the phone. And so really soon, we're going to um, utilize a building that has drive-through lanes and customers will have an opportunity to bring their documents um, through, you know, they'll drive up, put their documents in um, the canister and go through the chute. Staff will make copies and return it in order to have that limited interaction, but still provide the necessary services. Yeah, that's great. Well, what I what I find interesting um, a little bit about the or about the coalition itself is this acknowledgement that um, poverty reduction is not a singular issue, right? It is a it is there are many different pieces to the puzzle, um, and the coalition is this recognition that we can do one thing, but we need other people to do other things to help meet need, right? You know, I think some people like, you know, maybe people that are, that are watching this think, well, if we just get somebody a job, they'll, everything's fixed for them, but it's not. There's other issues that they're facing. And if we just get them, you know, enough food to, to get them to the next day, that solves all of their problems. But it doesn't, it, there are multiple elements to that. So how does the coalition approach, um, a person in need and, and how to 
uh, address all of these different issues? How do you work together to kind of make sure that uh, all of the needs are met for an individual? So I think one of the things that um, is important is that we are a multi-sectorial coalition. So we have people from industry and government, from the faith-based communities, local universities, the local school district. So we're getting everyone who interacts with these families at the table so that we can come up with not only strategies that um, focus on the person as a whole person, um, but focus on the family as a whole family um, and address the multiple needs that someone um, might have. I, I think that's incredibly um, important. The one thing I will say, though, is that we're really trying to work at the system level um, in trying to fix and integrate processes between sectors um, versus kind of dealing with an, a single family that stands before us. Um, because if we can make improvements um, in the system, as Belva said, moving from poverty management to poverty reduction, then those improvements can affect and improve the lives of multiple families. Um, and so that's really where our focus is. And I'll also add to that, um, we're even listening to parents as well um, and family members. So we've had a chance to hear what their needs are so that we can take um, that comprehensive approach as Darcy mentioned. And um, each organization knows that we can only do so much. And it takes all of us really working together and coordinating together so that you see that continuum of services that the entire family needs versus just a piece of the need being served or you know addressed. Yeah. Um so being that I'm from Georgia Center for Opportunity, obviously we're building the Hiring Well Doing Good platform. How, how has that played into what the co coalition is doing and, and helped impact um, kind of the vision behind what's happening or, or it been just a tool? I understand it is not the answer. It is a piece of the answer, you know, but how, how has the Hiring Well Doing Good platform worked uh, or is it planned to work for the coalition? Well, one thing that I'll mention is that um, with the Hiring Well Doing Good platform, right now it's being piloted with our GED program that has been adopted by the coalition. And so Hiring Well Doing Good is, you know, having an opportunity. Well, Kristen Barker, I'll just um, give a shout out to, to Kristen. Um, but she has had an opportunity to interact with the GED students. And so they have opportunities to utilize um, the parent system, I believe, if I'm correct. Um, and they have the opportunity to complete the assessment. And um, Kristen has been very involved with interacting with them. Now, during COVID-19, some of that has been interrupted a little bit, um, but the parent, assessment has been very beneficial in trying to, you know, with um, the students trying to determine what some of their interests are and um, even helping to guide them towards some of their future um, careers. We're looking specifically to help GED students build their job search self-efficacy 
and help them clarify what their desired career path is and what steps um, need to be taken, especially in the early stages to prepare. Um, and I think that's, it, it, it's a good example of how we're creating very overt links between organizations. In the past, certainly one organization referred people to go and check and, and make contact with another organization, but those, you know, very direct explicit links were not, um, were not in place. And so, yeah, th this is a great um, example of us doing that. And I just want to add to what Darcy mentioned, you know, so yes, we have made referrals in the past and, you know, sometimes it's not always that warm handoff. So this way you have partners at the table talking about what's needed in this whole continuum, if you will. But the other thing um, is that partners are able to give each other feedback on areas that could be strengthened. And so that doesn't always happen when we operate in silos. You know, within organizations, yes, we may see those opportunities for improvement and work on them, but through our coalition, we're able to give each other feedback and we receive it. And it just makes the organization better, our coalition better, and our communities better and stronger. That's great. Hiring well, doing good is also part of our initial pilot cohort we're setting up an online platform with a common family intake form. So all of the organizations who are participating in that pilot, hopefully expanding to all of the organizations that serve families in the region are collecting the same data. So now we can create a more comprehensive story about what is happening in the Chattahoochee Valley. Um, and we really appreciate that that Kristen and um, Hiring Well Doing Good is an early adopter of that. Well, it plays into what you were saying before, Darcy, about the fact that there are these um, obstacles that people face in the system, and this hopefully will help us to identify where those obstacles are um, for that, that individuals, as they're working through the system, that where, what obstacles they hit and how we can address them moving forward as well. Right. Our goal is really so to facilitate families being able to enroll in multiple services from different organizations without having to physically um, get themselves to each of those organizations. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm very, very excited about the potential, um, certainly during these times where we're trying to minimize contact, but um, even before COVID, the um, families that we spoke to um, very much um, identified this as a hurdle for them, and, and we're really looking forward to being able to um, launch that system. Well, before we go, I want to give you guys both an opportunity to talk about how, how people can get uh, a hold of what you're doing as organizations, but also um, how they can find out more about the Chattahoochee Valley um, Poverty Reduction Coalition. If anybody wants additional information about Enrichment Services Program, we do have a Facebook page, Enrichment Services, and then we also have our website, which is www.enrichmentservices.org. Yes, and we are really excited that we were able to launch the website for the Chattahoochee Valley Poverty Reduction Coalition. Um, and that website is www.cvpovertyreductioncoalition.org.
Um, and we did do that um, domain name in part because there are other organizations that serve that region and they also use that CV in part um, of their name. Um, and that is some place where not only can someone find information, but also um, get resources and uh, read about um, upcoming events. Um, so I really hope that your um, listeners or watchers will check out that website. And then CQIU, we also have a website and that website address is www.cquiulife.com. And uh, again, there they can find out a little bit more about this integration of uh, worksite uh, wellness and um, healthy work-life balance and how that can lead to high-performing organizations. That's great. Well, thank you both again for uh, being on this call and for uh, uh, meeting me virtually uh, via the world of Zoom. So, um, uh, and thank you for the work that you guys are doing. Um, I'm excited to hear a little more as we get moving forward. I'm sure we'll bring you back on. I want to hear how things are playing out, especially as, as the pandemic uh, hopefully subsides over time and how we're able to respond in these communities and how uh, the work that you're doing, what you're learning, what are the obstacles people are facing. So uh, thank you again for your time. Thank you for joining us. If you know of people making a difference in their community, we want to hear about them. Send us a message on Facebook at GA Opportunity. And don't forget to like us while you're there. The Breakthrough Podcast is a production of the Georgia Center for Opportunity. You can find out all the work that we do to help break down the barriers leading to poverty at georgiaopportunity.org.